0: Radioinfluence.com.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Frankie Bell on the drums and
1: Beans. It's the Friday show. We just, to our live audience, talked about um, how it's January 6th and and I almost feel like we should do a little bit of silence for the people suffering uh, at the hands of the state rotting away in cages in the gulag in D.C. Um, Just terrible. So let's take 10 seconds from our show to pay tribute to those folks. Stay strong, guys. Not easy. Not easy. Not easy. I'd be
2: that two 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 plus years of isolation. I, I don't, I don't know where my mind would be at this point.
1: And and they're in the in in Biden's awarding medals today to people who didn't really do anything, but you know politics and also.
2: Oh, of course. Well, I mean, what was it? just a couple of days later? In uh, Nancy Pelosi had a had a bunch of challenge coins pressed for the Capitol Police who were the only people murdering anyone that day um, and actually precipitated the need for what they thought to be a lethal response by letting people in. So yeah, it's uh, it, the pageantry is terrible, especially when you think about the lives that are still being destroyed over this absolute joke. Absolute joke.
1: It's it's terrible. and. You know, I've been kind of over the past week or so noticing, depending on where you're floating around on the internet, and don't mind the chair—I'm just my back is killing me today. Um, depending on where you're floating around on the internet, you're seeing different things. You're seeing people who are charged, recharged, and refreshed because of the 20 on the House floor who are fighting for an anti-establishment, responsible House Speaker—something um, we haven't seen in over a hundred years, by the way. Uh, we're going into double digits in the vote today. We're on day four, if I'm not mistaken. It's day four. I don't know. It's three or four. Yeah. So that's going to be um, something to keep your eye out for. But it made me start thinking about where, like, a lot of people are like, nothing's ever going to change. The justice justice system's corrupt. Things are terrible. And I started taking stock of the past 20 years of my life and realizing, like, maybe we need to tell people the story of where we were just a short 10 to 15 years ago to where we are now and how much has changed and how far we've come. And just start by saying the reason why, um, everybody's so aware of what's going on is because they're, they can't hide it anymore. And that's a, that's a huge positive in and of itself. They used to be able to just hide this and people would be like, Oh, everything's great. You know, spending bill, ah, who cares? Now everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this. We're funding these wars overseas. It's like, um, real quick business note though, Frank. Monday, we will have on the show for an interview none other than the great Lee Smith. Um, he hasn't been with us in since the book.
2: Yeah. He'll
1: He'll be be back. Good to have him back. Yeah, he'll be back to talk about his absolutely Mind-blowing, amazing work for Tablet Mag. How the FBI hacked Twitter. The answer begins with Russiagate. Um, it's long. I'm putting it in the show notes underneath the show today. You guys can read this over the weekend, be armed and ready for Monday's interview. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything that you want me to ask, Lee, you can send them by going to uncoverdc.com contact and email us. And we'll, we'll ask some of your questions on the show obviously you'll be able to chat as well if you're watching live um yes but yeah so citizen free press frank had a headline ron paul is still trying to save america now how old were you in 2012
2: uh i don't know how old was I in 2012?
1: You have an off year. I'm born in '80, so it's easy for me to calculate.
2: <laughs> well, I'm 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 born in '85, so it's not it's not that bad. Um, 2019. 16. Yeah. The what? No. Plus sixteen in 2012. I was twenty.
1: Well, I was 22 in 2007. 2012, wasn't I, I? I think it might have been no 20, 32.
2: I was 27. <laughs> coffee 16 (laughs) jeez where the hell's your you You just said that we're five years apart how old were you in 2012
1: I was 10 yeah
2: you're like 21 apparently
1: (laughs) I can't I'm not sleeping honestly I'm really not you can see it I'm exhausted anyway I had the worst nightmares last night
2: well I, I feel like all I have are nightmares so it doesn't matter it, it it's it sucks. I I had a not to get too far off track. Yeah, but I had a uh, I had a guest on last night, Toby Wright. He's an award winning music producer, and we were talking about not only his career but all the work that he's been putting into sound technology, sound uh, frequency technology for healing and other things. They're just talking about frequency and the human body and the human mind, and uh, sp- specifically how his his frequencies uh, uh, help keep people in REM cycle sleep for triple, if not quadruple the time that I an average them. person... I know, but what I asked him was, is there any kind of frequency you have that can take somebody past, you know, uh, what I want to do is I want to skip over the dream state. I can't, I I would. Want, I just want some dreamless sleep because I just spend my nights in bizarro land every night. And it's, it's not necessarily like, Every night I'm jarred awake, but I just, I don't wanna be there anymore in in bizarro land. I just wanna have deep dreamless sleeps.
1: I, um, I'm with you because I'm so tired of, I'm so tired of, of the crazy crap that I'm experiencing while my eyes are closed and I'm supposed to be resting. And yeah. they're all like lucid. So I'm like, the worst is, I don't know if anyone's ever had lucid dreams before, but if you do, you know you're dreaming. So like in my dream, I'm like, I know my eyes are closed because I'm sleeping and I'm trying as hard as I can to open my eyes in my dream because I'm like, come on, open your eyes, open your, (laughs) it's terrible. It's like an endless loop of, it's crazy. It's nuts. But anyway. um,
2: Ron Paul probably sleeps like a baby.
1: He probably does. I mean, he's, he's the embodiment of liberty and freedom. (laughs) So I want to tell the story of, of what happened. I want to play some clips of Ron Paul back in the day for those of you who may be new to this world, who don't know that Ron Paul was saying all of the things that we're saying now on a on a massive scale. There were like five or seven million of us saying 10, 12, 13 years ago and being absolutely chastised and called lunatics for saying this these things. And so for someone like me, probably you too, I know you were a Ron Paul guy, right?
2: Still am. I said he should be the one. As long as he has breath in his lungs, he should be the House Speaker.
1: He should be. They should throw him up there right now. Throw him up there. Um but some some people some people don't don't know this story and, and the history and what caused the certain things that have happened today to happen. But I have a couple of clips of him so that people who aren't sure about him can get an idea. Um, Here is Rick Santorum. This guy was terrible. I don't know if you remember Rick Santorum back in the day. Of course, of course, yeah. Gosh, just horrible. He comes at Ron Paul on abortion. And this was in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Romney's on the stage, 2012, listen. Congressman
3: Paul has a national right to life voting record of 50%, which is pretty much what Harry Reid's national right to life voting record is. So for, uh, to, to go out and say that you know, you're someone who stands up for the right to life, you repeatedly vote against bills on a federal level to promote the right to life, and you, you say that this is an individual personal decision or state decision. Life should be protected, and you should have the willingness to stand up on a federal level on any level of government and protect what our Constitution, excuse me, what our Declaration protects, which is the right of our Creator to life, and that is a federal issue, not a state issue. Quickly, sir. Well, just just for the record, I wasn't even thinking about you when I was giving my statement, so you are overly sensitive. (laughs) But it, but it is true that we have a disagreement on how we approach it. I follow what my understanding is of the Constitution, and it it does allow for the states to deal with difficult problems. Matter of fact, it allows the states to deal with almost all the problems. If you look at it, it is not given. These powers aren't given to the Congress. I see abortion as a violent act. All other violence is handled by the states. Murder, burglary, violence—that's a state issue. So. Don't try to say that I'm less pro life because I want to be particular about the way we do it and allow the states the prerogative. This is the solution. This is the solution because if we would allow the states to write their laws, take away the jurisdiction by a majority vote in the Congress, you repeal Roe versus Wade overnight instead of waiting year after year
1: to change the court system. Oh, what did he just, what? Hmm. By when, <sighs> what just happened in the Supreme Court? What just happened? They des- they designated the power back to the states. Roe v. Wade repealed overnight. That sounds familiar.
2: And you didn't have to wait 50 years for it. No. You didn't have to wait for it. You just needed states to say, oh, 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 you guys are having a good time in your sandbox and in, in, in D.C., and you think you have jurisdiction over this? That's very nice. You can take your court opinions and shove them up your ass. That's <laughs> that's that's exactly that's all because that's all they are their opinions they're it's not legislative action there is no enumerated power for that kind of action, almost everything is relegated to the states outside of a very small list in Article 1. It is the easiest thing to understand. That's why when we talk about certain things, like, oh, well, there's no jurisdiction for that. Like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, actually, this thing was written so easy, our Constitution, that everybody, no matter who they are, where they came from in this country, any level of schooling would understand and have that reality backed up. That, it's just so simple, and he was always a breath of fresh air.
1: He was. Here, I, I have something else queued up here. I don't remember what this was, but here. The
3: loss of nearly 3,000 American citizens, no matter how many Iraqi, Pakistani, and Afghan people are killed or displaced. What if we finally decide that torture, even if called enhanced interrogation technique, is self-destructive and produces no useful information and that contracting it out to a third world nation is just as evil. Fact is, I never asked for deferment. I was married with a child. It was never a question. One quick follow-up. When I was drafted, I was married and had two kids and I went. Most Americans, the majority of Americans, still believe that Saddam Hussein had something to do with 9-11. And I imagine most Americans believe the Taliban had something to do with 9-11, and and it's not true. We need to change our foreign policy and come back to our senses and defend this country and not pretend to be the policeman of the world.
1: That was so frowned upon, so frowned upon.
2: Was that that the the same appearance when Giuliani went after him afterwards um, because he he made similar comments about 9-11 and our uh, military adventurism around the world and how it didn't all add up and it was on the debate stage i think it was in 2012 and rudy giuliani was running and of course he uh, he took that as an opportunity to um to grandstand on his being the the mayor at the time and how dare you and and, and try to shove ron paul into a broom closet of shame and i i remember watching that going you you lousy bastard
1: um i don't think that he was on the floor i believe when he said that so i don't think that that's the same thing you were
2: okay i didn't see it
1: yeah you can't see it so um but there's another one here hold on
2: another question about electability do you have any sir there's always the question as to whether or not you are in fact viable you' differences- everybody's
1: laughing everybody's like do you can't he's unelectable he's unelectable he can't be elected he can't be a Republican he can't he can't go ahead
2: I I here, well here, let me throw this your way so you can put it into your queue um hold on there's there is the one of the clips of returning military veterans on television. Being, I mean, some of them are active duty, being asked during election season who they like and why, and having their feeds cut because they're talking about Ron Paul. Also, if you don't have one of the greater things that that Jon Stewart ever did, oh, yeah, was was talking about Ron Paul. You've got to find that too.
1: I will, I will. There's a reason for this. There's a reason why we're doing this today. No, somebody popped into the chat and said, Is Ron Paul, did Ron Paul pass away? No. No, 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 no. no. We just need... I, I need to give you this if you haven't seen it before. If you have, it's so amazing to live through it again and understand that not only was it him, there were a rabid crowd that weren't... It wasn't like... It was like what the Trump revolu- the Trump sort of revolution started off as. Everybody loved him because of his ideas, his brass knit, the, the fact that he would counter, the like how tough he was, the things that he would say. Um it it wasn't so much this kind of like obsession with the man. It was more that he was anti-status quo and was willing to fight for it. And we were that same way back during this time. And we were we were we were um censored we were you know the news wouldn't put things on i mean it was it was serious like what frank is saying and i'm gonna play these clips tell the story of what happened and then we're gonna we're gonna hopefully change our perspective on some stuff so here we go
2: with the republicans on the with the rest of the republicans on this stage has raised questions about whether or not you can actually win the general the republican nomination sir
3: well, we've only had two little primaries so far, so it's pretty premature to decide which one is going to be the candidate. But, you know, when, when you think about it, if you measured everything I've ever said, every vote I've ever taken against the Constitution, you know, I'm a strict constitutionalist. So you're suggesting the Republicans should write me off because I'm a strict constitutionalist? I'm the most conservative member here. I have voted, you know, against more spending and wasting government than anybody else. So you're suggesting... That I'm not electable and the Republicans don't want me because I'm a strict fiscal conservative, because I believe Actually, yes. in civil liberties. Why should we not be, be defending civil liberties? And why should we not be de- talking about foreign policy that used to be the part of the Republican Party? Mr. Republican Robert Taft didn't even want us to be in NATO. And you're saying now that we have to continue to borrow money from China to finance this empire that we can't afford? I, let me see if I get this right. We, we need to borrow $10 billion from China, and then we give it to Musharraf, who's a military dictator, who overthrew an elected government, and then we go to war, we lose all these lives, promoting democracy
1: in Iraq. I mean, what's going on here? That is, um... That was, oh, you're a non-interventionalist lunatic! that's oh, what so that then was you're an
2: american so then you're an american again going back like when he says oh i i guess i'm not a, a you know an electable republican no because the republican party was the first progressive party like this has always been it a non-interventionism went out the 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 window in the very early 20th century, the turn of the 20th century um and that's you know that's what we started doing we started getting involved with uh With the 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 Spanish American War and the Philippines and all that other stuff, it started going out the window, and that's when you saw the rise of the imperial post. That was the presidency and everything else. But by and large, this is just yeah. When you think about it, he was unelectable to that group because he was actually for uh, America, traditional Americanism, and uh, and the Constitution, and they have. far different plans
1: yeah he was a decade or so before his time but not really because all of this planted the seeds that would later grow into what we're experiencing today let's just keep listening to this real quick and you're saying and you're saying that
3: this isn't appealing to republicans where did where did this come about? I think this is a Republican message. I defend the platform. It used to say we got rid of the Department of Education. It doesn't say that. Now, we as Republicans went and doubled the size of the Department of Education. So where, where have we gone? I think we've lost our way. Is then the insinuation that I am less Republican because of that? Congressman, thank you very much. We have to take one more break. We'll be right back. With a more-
1: I mean, hello. Yes, you- <laughs>
2: <laughs> you are like yes you are now i know he's trying to win the republican nomination so he's i mean he's doing he's doing the right thing and he's making fantastic points but yeah you are less republican you are less republican and more american yeah you know yeah no, that's just the party the organization it, it's he he was just not he was too good for them
1: he was here's another um ron paul some economic stuff from ron paul here we go John
4: Paul wants to cut a stunning $1 trillion out of a $15 trillion economy, and he wants to do it in the first year. It would change everything. 440,000 government jobs gone. He'd close one-third of the cabinet-level departments, commerce, education, energy, HUD, uh, interior departments. He'd also shut down the TSA, close that completely, moving those responsibilities, he says, to the private sector. He'd end funding for foreign wars, he would cut foreign aid, he would cut defense, and he would bring spending back to 2006 levels. Look at this chart of his economic plan. This is his spending. It shows spending dropping off a cliff. Look at that, compared with the president's proposals. That drop off would no doubt be felt by everyone. He also (laughs) wants to reform, not even reform, and the Federal Reserve. He says the Fed is distorting the value of the dollar. He says the Fed printing money uh, to respond to the financial crisis is making the dollar worthless and will cause dangerous inflation. He'd kill what he calls Obamacare, and he wants to repeal financial market uh, regulations. Now, on taxes, Ron Paul doesn't believe the government should have your money. He would (laughs) extend the Bush tax cuts. He would end the capital gains tax. He says that punishes you for success. He would end taxes on tips. He says it's really important for working people and for for students not to pay taxes on their tips. He says it's immoral to tax seniors for Social Security benefits and he would lower the corporate tax rate to 15%. He goes beyond just lowering taxes. He would support a liberty amendment to end income taxes and to close the IRS for good. Basically, Ron Paul wants to slam the brakes on the American economy and on the government. I'm I'm
2: going to cry. I'm actually going to cry right now. I feel the same way. I feel my eyes watering up to think of it, to think. Oh my gosh. Crazy Uncle
1: Ron again. There he goes.
2: Please, (laughs) I I would do what I would do for that. Oh, that's just. I. Slam the brakes on the American economy. (laughs) Think about how stupid you have to be to insinuate that giving people the American economy. More of what they have earned as opposed to stealing more and wasting more of what they have earned back to them. The people, the American economy would slam the brakes on it. It would slam the brakes on the government economy of 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 stealing and wasting other people's money. Yeah, there would be hundreds of thousands, if not a couple of million people who have to find new real employment for sure. But you think about how stupid and or straight up evil you need to be to say all of that stuff would cause havoc for the average American who is being stolen from, who is being made destitute and is being gaslighted into thinking it's going into something good.
1: The name of the show is Ron Paul Cured My Apathy, because that became a slogan that a lot of people used back in the day. And I worked harder to get this man elected than I've ever worked in my entire life. I dedicated my life to this for, gosh, longer than, and I I just, again, these ideas we're hearing, how wonderful and beautiful they'd be. They are widely accepted today as what we should be doing. How many of your friends are out there saying, we need to get rid of the FBI, get rid of the IRS, get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. There's a reason for this madness that I'm putting everyone through today. We'll we'll, we'll circle it all around like Gen and tie a bow on it at the end. But there's just some of what Crazy Uncle Ron wanted to do back in 2012. We are so proud this show was brought to you by ExpressVPN. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like going into a casino and only being able to play on the slot machines. Why limit yourself like that? The big money is always somewhere else. Why do you need ExpressVPN? Because if you wanna watch a show that they're blocking you from watching somewhere else in the world, you can do it. Netflix has thousands of shows, but without a VPN, you only get access to a fraction of that based on your location. Um, It lets you change your online location. So if you wanted to be like Guccifer 2 and pretend that you were in Russia, you could do so with ExpressVPN. (laughs) If you wanted to become a Russian bot, Express VPN gives you the power to do it. We use it in my family because my husband really likes to watch the Met game at, um, and in, in South Carolina, we can't watch the Met game unless we're in New York, which is so stupid, but he uses Express VPN for that. We also use it because I like to be secure when I do my work at home and Express is the best, uh, the best solution that I found out of all of them. It's got blazing fast speeds, streaming HD with zero buffing. It's compatible with all your devices. You could use it on phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. They have servers in 94 different countries, and it works with other streaming services too, like BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. So guys, be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash dark to light. Don't forget to use our link at expressvpn.com slash dark to light to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. And they support our show. We should be supporting people who support us.
2: Incredible. The Little, wet blanket they had to throw on this man was incredible.
1: The fire he let if everybody, were, he, if everybody were allowed to hear the things that he were saying without the legacy media spin, he raised more money in one day from grassroots donors and the money bomb that we put on using social media back then. Back then, way, way, way before anyone else caught on. I mean, he didn't get funding by, from, from anyone. He, he got small dollar donations from uh, the American people. More money than anyone in history in a single-day money bomb. It, it's, here we go, let's listen to this. Very
3: conservative, one in particular, Michelle Bachman, appealing to the Tea Party. Why are you more
4: qualified than any of them?
3: I see them uh, as defending the status quo much more so than I do because, you know, if you look at my foreign policy, nobody's coming close, although they're getting more sympathetic. I want to bring all the troops home. Uh, When it comes to personal liberties and what's going on at our airports, I don't like the Patriot Act, and they tend to support the Patriot Act. When it comes to monetary policy, they try to avoid it, yet money is one-half of all our transactions. We're in a mess, so I concentrate a whole lot on the Federal Reserve and monetary policy. And uh, of course, the spending is a big issue with me, but it's been that way for a long time. Well, speaking of spending, Washington is in the grips right now of this huge divide, split over what to do about the debt limit, what to do about the deficit. You have said-
1: Does it ever change? How, when are we not in a split over, well, actually, we're not in a split over the debt limit. Now everybody just wants to print money like it's nothing and spend it. But-
3: You've never voted to raise the debt limit, uh, which pits you against not only the president and the Democrats, but the Republican leadership, both houses of Congress, most of the business community. Are they- wrong when they say this would lead to an economic calamity are they
1: just not telling the truth I, I, I,
2: Wait, what, what, who's the business community i know wants, I, I
1: know i know
2: the, the business community just uh, needs you to take more money for them and give them to people who don't earn it um especially especially tyrants overseas the business what is the business co- i wish you could have said can you elaborate on who the business community who is are these wants, people yeah. Who, who, yeah who are they that is demanding we st- steal their money uh, that they could be using to reinvest in their businesses and create more jobs and give it to, I don't know, just throw it into an incinerator. So it's just uh, to, to, always, to always put him into a corner to be answering for himself as to, what do you think about how you're stacked up against everybody? You must be the loser.
1: Yeah, I you mean. You must
2: be the loser,
5: Ron.
1: Um. Yes, I'm putting your clip up right now. It's going to be a
0: really busy 48 hours for Dr. Taylor.
5: Dr. Taylor and for Solonette O'Brien, you're going to be very busy as well, guys. We're going to get back to you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Let's take a look at the votes right now. 31% of the precincts have now reported. Look at how close it is. Mitt Romney slightly, slightly at 118 votes ahead of Rick Santorum. A Ron Paul right up there there, though. Uh, Mitt Romney with 20. 20-
1: they didn't want to say that. They no. didn't want to uh-huh. say that.
2: No. They didn't. Hated it.
5: They didn't. Here we go. 24 percent. Rick Santorum and Ron Paul, 23 percent. Newt Gingrich, 13 percent. Look at how close it is for the top three. The bottom three. Let's bring that up and show our viewers a Rick Perry, a disappointing 10 percent. Michelle Bachman, 6 percent. And John Huntsman, who really didn't campaign in Iowa, only one percent, 211 votes. Let's go back to the leaders right now. These are the official votes. These are not the entrance poll results. These are the official votes. And it's a three man race, right? now, one-third, almost one-third of the voting has now been counted. 7,844 votes for Mitt Romney, 7,726 for Rick Santorum, 7,655 for Ron Paul. Let's go to Dana Bash over at Ron Paul Headquarters right now. I, I guess more and more people are coming back from their caucuses to, to wait for the, uh, the candidate.
4: That's right, and we have uh, here somebody who actually did just go vote for Ron Paul, a first-time caucus voter, uh, Corporal Jesse Thorson, who is 28 years old, and you are active duty U.S. Army. Why did you vote for uh, Ron Paul?
3: Well, I'm, I'm really excited about a lot of his ideas, uh, especially when it comes to bringing the soldiers home. I've been serving for 10 years now, and all 10 years of those have been during wartime. I'd like to see a little peacetime Army, and I think he has the right idea.
4: Now, you have done two tours in Afghanistan. You told me you're going to go back for a, for a third tour. I mean, if you can see your your neck right there, what you have on your tattoo, 9-11, remember, and a picture of the Twin Towers. You know, some Republicans out there have been saying that Ron Paul would be very dangerous for this country because he wants to bring troops like you back from your posts from all over the world.
3: Well, I think it would be even more dangerous to start nitpicking wars with other countries. Someone like Iran, Israel is more than capable. Of-
2: Oh, no, oh, we just lost. That, that stinks. Bummer. Oh, that stinks.
1: Technical glitch.
2: <laughs> don't, don't, don't want the natives to get any more restless than they are. We have to, we have to tell them why Mitt Romney is the guy for the job.
1: Terrible. So we were on fire. They were censoring us everywhere. They were trying to keep us from being able to talk. They, honestly, w- what happened is what we decided to do, because they started stealing little primaries from us, they wouldn't let us have any airtime. It was just like, it was all over again. It was all over again. We took over the Republican parties in the states that we needed to get the delegates that we needed elected to get them seated at the 2012 convention understand what that meant that was the dan schultz precinct strategy on s- steroids basically back years ago and we we used to have training classes learning robert's rules of order and learning how to manipulate like basically you know use robert's rules of order to beat them at their own game i mean training classes hours long hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in them and we Mm -hmm. did it we did it we took what we needed we grabbed those delegates we went to convention we were ready to split the vote we had enough they were all there they just needed to be seated before i play that should i play your video what is your video
2: uh, it's it's the media versus Ron Paul, the the John Stewart segment. It, oh. that, it, that's that's a little bit closer to four minutes long. I don't know if you want to save that for the end or something. It's up to you. I think people are enjoying this anyway. Yeah,
1: I mean, we can definitely. What do you? Let's let's do a where, where,
2: wherever you want to put it. I just wanted to send it to you so you had the link.
1: Let's do it now because it'll okay. make more sense with the uh, with the rest here. You know what I'm.
0: So now with Pelani dropping out, Rick Perry dropping in, and Michelle Bachmann and Ron Paul dominating the Ames straw poll, we got ourselves a race.
2: We have a top tier. It is Mitt
3: Romney, Rick Perry, and Michelle Bachman. We have a new top tier, and it's Perry, Mitt Romney, and Bachman. There's now a top tier in this race, at least for now, of Romney, Perry, and Bachman. I
0: mean I think that's fair to say. Really fair to say, you're not forgetting, I don't know, anyone, say, an ideologically consistent 12-term congressman who came within less than 200 votes of winning the straw poll? Isn't anyone going to give that gentleman a little love?
3: There's a top tier now of, of, of Bachman and Perry and Romney, and, you know, we haven't mentioned and we should...
0: Thank you.
3: We haven't mentioned and we should Rick Santorum, <laughs> who did really surprisingly well for the amount of money and resources he had.
0: Rick Santorum? He didn't get half of what Ron Paul got. He lost to the guy who lost so bad, he dropped out of the race. (laughs) Santorum?
2: We're looking at Mitt Romney, who continues to be the front runner, but we have Rick Perry as well, and now Michelle Bachman. Let's not count out John Huntsman, though.
0: What? (laughs) John Huntsman? Huntsman got 69 votes. If. If all of John Huntsman's supporters met at the same Ames, Iowa Quiznos, the fire marshal would say, yeah, that's fine, no problem. (laughs) There's still some tables open in the back. Huntsman, Huntsman was the only Mormon running in the straw poll, and he came in second amongst Mormons. (laughs) And by the way, this pretending Ron Paul doesn't exist for some reason has been going on for weeks. A new
2: Gallup survey showing Rick Perry running second to Mitt Romney, knocking down Iowa favorite Michelle Bachmann to fourth.
0: Behind who? Fourth behind who? How did libertarian Ron Paul become the 13th floor in a hotel? (laughs) <laughs> what, incredible: what's wrong with he is Tea Party patient zero. All that small government grassroots business, he planted that grass. These other folks, they're just moral majorities in a tri-cornered hat. Ron Paul's the real deal. And Fox News should love this guy. But watch the disconnect between the debate moderators at Fox's Thursday debate and the debate audience.
3: Iran does not have an air force that can come here, just like we did to Iraq, build up the war propaganda. There was no al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they had nuclear weapons, and we had to go in. I'm sure you supported that war as well. It's time we quit this. It's time. It's trillions of dollars we're spending on these wars.
0: (laughs) What's with the smirk and the eye roll? The The crowd goes nuts and you do one of these. (laughs) It's just, it's on steroids. Crazy Uncle Ron, babbling about the unsustainability of multiple wars. He's the one guy in the field, agree with him or don't uh, agree with him, who doesn't go out of his way to regurgitate talking points or change what he believes to fit the audience he's in front of, and you're treating him like if this were Celebrity Apprentice, he'd be this guy. Gary Busey. By the way... At the Ames, Iowa straw poll, Busey beat Huntsman 77 to 69. <laughs> and even the media does remember ron paul it's only to reassure themselves how there's no need to remember ron paul
3: right now live right next to the bus behind us ron paul is speaking and seven of the candidates are here today we have live pictures of ron paul but you know what we're talking about sarah palin we're talking about rick perry the two people not in the race yet true and guess what paul if you get video of sarah palin or get a sound bite from her bring that back to us you can hold the ron paul stuff <laughs> <laughs>
1: and against all odds we took over the local gops we took states we elected delegates and we were going to break up the republican establishment on the convention floor going into 2012 this is what it sounded like at the convention ready (laughs) goes on for four minutes Ron Paul! Ron Paul! balloons and signs and happy people screaming Ron Paul's name and then this happened
4: National
0: convention floor where the chairman just called the meeting into order and then immediately recessed.
3: 2012 Republican National Convention stands in recess subject to the call of the chair
0: Interestingly, a large number of the delegates on the floor were not Romney supporters, but instead stood behind Congressman Ron Paul. Many of the RNC delegates were told not to bother coming out because of the inclement weather, but of course, Ron Paul supporters cannot be stopped by Hurricane Isaac. Are you a uh, Mitt Romney supporter? Um, I will support him on the ballot in November, but I personally think that Texas Congressman Ron Paul would make much more of a better um, conservative, constitutionalist, and somebody who could uh, unite the vote. So, about 10 uh, members of the Maine delegation lost their seats uh, earlier this week.
1: Yeah, the Maine delegation lost their seats here to a major eruption of fury at the
4: Republican National Convention on Tuesday as the formal nomination process got underway. Part of Maine's delegation stormed off the floor in protest against a decision to strip away half of the state's Ron Paul delegates. Supportive members of other delegations rose to their feet and hollered their objections, angered by new rules that they say will make it harder for grassroots candidates to stand a chance in future elections. Although Paul won some caucuses, he did not win the popul- vote in a single state primary his ardent followers used seldom evoked state party rules to garner 20 of maine's 24 spots the rnc responded by replacing 10 of them
1: enough to prevent Ron Paul from being nominated from the floors they changed the rules on the floor by a voice vote that was scripted via teleprompter the republican party did this the Republican Party did this. The main delegation marched out, completely ridiculous. The main delegation marched out chanting, as Maine goes, so does the nation, to a raucous, you know, the, everybody joined in with that chant because there were so many Ron Paul delegates on that floor. They were using the process as written to do what is, you know, the the, the states voted for delegates, put them in the seats and sent them. And the RNC couldn't have that. They needed to have Mitt Romney as the nominee. So they and, they
2: and they also just wanted to just prevent him from being able to speak again. Yep. They didn't even want him to be because his message was resonant. You know, you know, I, I I love that that John Stewart clip because it also reminds me of what we had on Comedy Central and The Daily Show at one point too. And yeah, yeah, John Stewart has always been left. But, um, but 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 there, there you have a time where you can recognize consistency in a person and you can see that they're consistent on things that make sense and that they're so outside. That you may maybe you wouldn't vote for them, but you didn't have this. You didn't have this. Um, I don't know this this upheaval and you didn't have this screaming and crying and clawing. I mean, I, I'm sure that the, the, the media, which is always the mainstream media, which has always been the first problem. From there, the mainstream media went out with their intelligence buddies and co-opted the internet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the internet at the time,
1: Mm -hmm. 2012
2: what we were doing in 2012 what you're able to talk about it was i mean in 2012 i was still watching all the Infowars documentaries on youtube
1: it was beautiful debate amongst it was beautiful It it was incredible hearts and minds were being changed all over the place it was it was something what they did they threw a little carrot at the RNC to Ron Paul. And they 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 put together this tribute video for him where they had people come up and say nice things about him and blah, blah, blah. But when yeah, this happened- His wake,
2: it's like his wake.
1: Pretty much. When this happened and they changed the rules, what it actually did that very few people know was that it made it so that when, when Donald Trump came along in 2016, they couldn't take his delegates from him like they were planning to do on the floor of the convention. If you guys remember, they had to bring in Paul Manafort. The, The Romney rules change gave us Donald Trump because if they would have not done that in 2012, then they could have used their own rules process to seat the Ted Cruz delegates they wanted to seat. Ted Cruz just copied the Ron Paul strategy from 2012. That's what he did. And they couldn't do that because they had ripped it from Ron Paul in 2012. So that gave us President Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. Very few people remember or understand that because a lot of you guys weren't politically involved back in 2012 and before you just voted and you know, you did your thing. So, That exposed the Republican Party for what it was to a lot of us um, who knew, but just kind of needed that shot in the arm. And when Mitt Romney took the nomination and obviously lost to Barack Obama, we were all like, what are we gonna do now? So we splintered off in different factions and what Ron Paul was doing was trying to get his very uh, fervent base into the Republican party to kind of take it over in the way that the people tried to take it over after Donald Trump left office. Um, and a lot of people were like, we can't do it. They're disgusting, horrible, terrible people. We don't want to be around them. They told us, you know, you have to dress like this. You have to act this way. They were trying to train us into blending into the Republican party to kind of gut it from within. And I, the one regret that I have is not doing it then because we would be in a much different place today if we with the energy and the oomph that we had had done those things back then they they it just it was a failed opportunity because we were so angry and so jaded and we were a minority at the time because you know crazy uncle ron but all of the things that we talked about then the things that we pounded the pavement over, the things that we busted our butts trying to get everybody to understand, are today the platform of the majority. The majority of people are now saying all of the things that Ron Paul was talking about back in 2008, 2012, and onward. And there's a reason why I did this because people think we haven't come very far and we're screwed and there's nothing we can do and you're wrong. We have come so far. If Ron Paul were to run today, he would be the Republican nominee. Do you agree?
2: Uh, I would I I don't know if he would be the Republican nominee. I would hope so. I would think I would hope so. I my, my I have always brought up an analogy of what I called the wrecking ball and the scalpel. And I think that Ron Paul, obviously he planted seeds, the Ron Paul revolution planted seeds in the the hearts and the minds of the youth, which was the most important thing.
1: It was the youth. He was at UC Berkeley with a packed out, like- I know. It was the youth.
2: It It was the, it was the, It was the only ideological revolution or I would say renaissance that actually stuck because Bernie Sanders had uh, a similar thing going on. But that 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 became that devolved and became so pathetic because there's nothing really there. Nothing makes sense. Uh, That planting of the seed was fantastic. But obviously, as you saw, what coalesced against him gave us Donald Trump not only in the way that you describe but in another way too where it made Donald Trump's uh wrecking ball mentality of campaigning necessary where he could not be the polite articulate man that, that Ron, Ron Paul, Paul was and be able to win you could not do it he had to be the wrecking ball but once you smash that brick wall down then you do need the mason you do need the surgeon to come back as the scalpel and give you the reasons why reinstall the philosophy of America again and be articulate. I am wondering now, now if we had Ron Paul at 65 years old to come back in at at, at this juncture, this would be a wonderful way to see what he can take because I would, it was really impossible for them to attack Ron Paul. They would, they would blame him, they would, they would say that he was victim-blaming for nine eleven, saying well, that we were the victims, he even he was talking.
1: They went after him for racism, too, um, which was nonsense. But
2: Yeah, well, well that's because, of course, with, with the Civil Rights Act, that there's plenty to be said about how that was unconstitutional as well. Mm-hmm. But when you call something civil rights or Patriot Act, if you're not for it, you're not patriotic and you're not for civil rights. Um, so it, they would go after him in that way. But the main thing that they had against him, The main weapon they employed against him was, as you saw, ignoring him, pretending like he didn't exist. Donald Trump, he had to be so boisterous that you can pick apart every syllable that came out of his mouth and turn it into a scandal for a couple of weeks. So we already had the wrecking ball. I would love to get the scalpel again, but he's 87 now. I just, uh, I don't know, I wish we could clone him.
1: I wish we could clone him, too. We've got something close in his son, Rand, um, not as... Pretty, pretty much on the same page, but not as, um, as stalwart. But I wanted to, to bring this full circle for everybody because as we sit and we look at the, convent, at the uh, house right now and the speaker race, and we think about what's happening there that hasn't happened in over 100 years, and we rewind three years, four years, five years even, and ask yourself, would Kevin McCarthy be having this happen to him if he were Paul Ryan back six or seven years ago? Would he be having this happen? Would this have happened? Would these congressmen and women have had the gumption to do what they're doing back then? And the answer is a resounding no. And the reason why they have the gumption to do it now isn't because all of a sudden people grew a set and they just want to... It's because of... You. It's because of you. It's because you're loud. It's because you, you, you speak with your feet. It's because you got involved. It's because you're pounding the pavement. It's because you're focusing on local stuff. The, the, the percentage of homeschooling parents in this country is skyrocketed. The tragedies we've experienced over the past few years have born a beautiful awakening in this country that needs to be embraced not scorned it feels like crap to know that our institutions are all corrupt and fighting against us it feels like crap to think that the justice department and the the justice system is 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 designed specifically to harm the american people but you know now take the knowledge and do something with it don't cry in your cheerios Use your not, look at where, look at how far we've come. I mean, this has just been 45 minutes. I could go, I could tell a story that lasted an hour and a half, two hours of what we've been through and how far we've come. It's easy to get downtrodden and sad and miserable and everybody's allowed to do it now and again, but it needs to stop because we are winning. It's painful. It's war. There are 20 people standing on the house floor right now from a symbolic perspective that are doing the will of the people that has never been done before, since before, geez, I don't even know the last Congress that this happened in. It was uh,
2: uh, on,
1: on Citizen Free Press. It's somewhere. But out of- Oh, the- you
2: talk, you're talking about the, well, what's going on with McCarthy? I I, I That's what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. I yeah. think,
2: well, as at, at around the time of the 10th or the 11th rejection, I saw the, the year 1859 get- tossed around, so. It was a long uh, ass time ago. Yeah, it's not long enough.
1: I, I just need everybody to understand, from the Ron Paul quote revolution, a lot of beautiful things were born. And we were just a few million people who were just dedicated to liberty, the constitution, freedom, our God-given rights, the beautiful thing that is our country. and And we just didn't give up, we just kept going. Um, A friend of mine that works with me at Uncover DC, Gigi Bowman, we've been in this fight together the entire time. She wrote a book called Liberty Candidates, How to Run for Office on a Liberty Platform. We had a whole vetting committee. We vetted candidates. They got our endorsement. A lot of them went on to win seats in their state and local um, races. We we did things. We did things. And we're going to continue to do things. So when I see people, Frank, so nothing's ever going to happen. We're never going to win. We're never going to do it. This is never going to work. Blah, blah, blah. Why even bother? Why even bother learning this? Why even, why even bother? Because there's someone who doesn't know yet. And the more people who learn about it, the more people we have on our side. And the more people we have on our side, the more (sighs) the 20 become 40, 60, 80, hundred. And then we will get what we're looking for which is the platform that ron paul ran on um he had a quote frank i may be an imperfect messenger but the message is perfect
2: yeah i have a few thoughts share i have one um yeah I, i i get a lot of that too get reminded i remind myself that the republic there is no republic right now there is no republic we don't live in a republic you have to this it's okay there's things that you have to reconcile before you start you have this ping pong uh in your head this ping pong game in your head well do i try but it's useless do i try think about what is useless it is useless to try to reform satan and that is what D- D.C. is and has become. It is a mutant form that is not prescribed by any constitutional uh, means. It's, it's not supposed to exist the way it is. What Ron Paul has always been about um, or and people like him has been showing you what was meant to be and how it still can be because the ultimate authority is rested in localities in this country. And that is that is so much more. Yeah, when when he goes to try to run for president, he's taking a main stage. He's campaigning all over the country and he's spreading the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he put up a great fight, and because when a when a message is true, you know as her, as Hemingway said, the truth has a certain ring to it. It it, it garnered a lot of support, and he, he actually had a wonderful chance at winning. He had another and, uh,
1: quote too: "An idea whose time has come cannot be stopped by any army or any government."
2: yes what is that victor hugo Who was that i forget
1: i'm not sure but that quote rang true so so hard for people because well Tri-
2: w- with that um with that i i was you're, you're talking about also giving up and uh and and picking your battles always fight you always fight it's that warrior's folly You know, and that's what it is every day. When you get up out of bed, why do I, why eat healthy? Why, why be, why exercise? Why do anything good? Why to try and to, and to grow in any way. If you know, one day you're going to die, why do anything? You know, it's that warrior's folly that we, we live with as human beings, no matter how we apply it. There was a story about Joe DiMaggio. He's in the last years, the last couple of seasons of his, of his, uh, of his uh, career, and he's really, really starting to hurt now—the knees, the joints. He's really starting to hurt. And people, uh, one guy, uh, it was one, one person in the sports press at the time asked Joe DiMaggio, "You know why? Why is it? It's very emotional thing to even think about." He said, well, "You know, at this point in your career, you've done so much, you've won so much, you, you're, you know, you're a legend. Uh, why do you still play so, so hard?" Why do you, why not take it a, a step back and try to preserve yourself a little bit more? And he said, and he was talking mainly about children who were coming out to the game. He said, because there might have be, there might be someone in the stands who had never seen me play before. Hmm. That Why undercut yourself? Why be remembered as someone who took a half measure ever when there's someone out there who could be learning something? You could be inspiring the next Joe DiMaggio. It's... It's a wonderful mindset for a, uh, a a time that we spend on earth as humans. And all of this is human. When you talk about government and politics, you're, you're not talking about marble buildings in a swamp somewhere in Maryland. You're talking about people and what they tend to do when you put them in groups and how power corrupts and, and, and authority corrupts. And how do you keep that in check? It's about our nature. So, uh, it's wonderful to circle back around to from time to time to remember why we we fight the unwinnable fights sometimes.
1: Even battles that you don't win are successes because like you always say, you know, when you're debating somebody online, or I think it's you, you're not trying to convince the person you're debating, you're trying to convince the people who are watching from the sidelines who are too afraid to, to speak, right? When you are talking to someone at the supermarket You're really not just talking to that person. You're talking to the three people behind them online who are listening. And just because you have been um, proactive, taking it upon yourself to learn what's going on and get involved in trying to stop it, however it is you've chosen to do that and you feel like, You're not making a difference. I'm here to tell you, because I've lived it, you are. You are making a difference every day. No matter how downtrodden you get, I'm telling you you're making a difference because the 20 people, they're not gonna end up getting another speaker elected. I'm sure by the end of this, Kevin McCarthy will be Speaker of the House. That's not the point. Could they have done a better job of having a strategy for someone else? Yes. But those people are finally fighting for you. Symbolically, albeit but they're doing it. Never would have happened before. And give them credit? Okay. But you should be taking the credit for that. You called. You voted. You you stood outside an office. You did all that stuff. Don't let the crap we're dealing with right now um, deter you. Why we're dealing with the crap right now, Frank, when you're excising something or like, you know, a gremlin, when you shine a light on a gremlin at midnight, right? Is it water or light? I don't remember.
2: <laughs> no, 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 the the, the water makes them mut- multiply.
1: Okay, so you want, what kills them? The light? What kills a gremlin, people? It's the, I think it's the light.
2: It's the light?
1: What kills a gremlin? Whatever, you get the point.
2: You don't feed them after midnight and you don't throw water on them or they multiply
1: whatever they however you kill them with this fire or whatever
2: <laughs> just just burn them <laughs> <laughs> to, to hell with it
1: it's being excised right now the light of day is on it it is every information is coming out every day like people come to me well who cares about the twitter files who cares We don't even need congressional inquiry like we talked about on Wednesday anymore. We're getting this stuff right out to the people. Keep screaming. Keep talking about it. If you give up because you feel like nothing's ever going to happen, I can guarantee you nothing is ever going to happen. So we are going to keep doing podcasts and I'm going to keep writing and I'm going to keep trying to fire people up to understand we're in a war for our country right now. And the power to win it rests with you. Straight up. It's being excised. It's being disinfected. It's a terrible long process, but we're beginning it and it's getting worse for them every single day. If you give up now, that stops completely. It stops completely. You can't go back into the matrix, people. You can't eat the steak. You gotta stay with us and do the gymnastics and fight. And that's my message for today. That's my message for today. Good show. So it's Friday, Monday we're gonna have Lee Smith. Take this if you thought it was valuable. Share it with your friends. Get yourself re-energized. There's still a long way to go. And I can't have you out there dying on the battlefield of exhaustion. Go out. Walk the beach. Get into nature. Spend time with your family. We have a great life to live here. And unfortunately, we have to make sure that we're the ones fighting right now so that our kids don't have to. And that's it. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with...
2: Frankie Bell on the drums, and...
1: Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back with you on Monday.
3: Later.